Blog Talk Radio. go for it. I'm your host, Paul Gant. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get every dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com, slash pecan. You can listen to the show elsewhere, goforradio.com, stitcher.com, iheart.com, all those great places where you can listen to me talk a little sports, have a little fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. I expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. He's going to give his thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant and also his thoughts on Super Bowl 54 there in Miami, which kind of has been overshadowed a little by the death of Bryant. And let's get to that. Let's, let's start right there. Kobe Bryant, sadly, unfortunately died last Sunday in a helicopter accident, him along with his daughter and seven others perished in a helicopter accident. I mean, it's stunning. It's shocking. It's surprising. It's just really no other words to, to, there's no words to really give this. I mean, obviously, Kobe Bryant, surefire Hall of Famer, will be a Hall of Famer, will be elected, inducted into the Hall of Fame this summer, posthumously, sadly. I mean, it's it's something that was just widely, wildly unexpected. Actually, and, and reality is no one at the age of 41 should die. No one at the age of 13, which was his daughter's age, should have died. And, and no one, no one on that plane was old enough where they should have died. And so now the NBA... They go about their business of, of, you know, memorializing and and showing love to Kobe Bryant, who had a great, great career, who was a great, great player, an all-time great player, to some, the greatest of all time, to others, top five, top ten. He's that good. That's the reality of it. He is that good. And I, I was... I was looking forward to his Hall of Fame speech. I, I I thought Kobe was looking forward to him delivering something fun, something exciting, something interesting. But we won't get that opportunity, sadly. And unfortunately, Kobe is no longer with us. You know, I've heard people talk about his legacy, calling his legacy complicated. And I don't, here's the thing. 
all of our legacies are complicated. We all, I mean, all of our legacies are complicated because none of us are human. I mean, none of us are perfect, excuse me, because we're all human. And humans, they err, they make mistakes, they do regrettable things. And so, I, I guess we can call Kobe's legacy complicated. And I guess one of the reasons you do call it complicated was the rape allegation that was levied against him back in 2003. Ultimately, uh, the woman involved did not testify, did, did not want to testify. Case was dropped. You know, Kobe had a civil settlement with the young lady, and both parties moved on. Kobe gave an apology, and both parties moved on. From there, that complicated Kobe's legacy. But from afar, and I don't know the man, but from afar, it seems like that may have humbled him on some level, made him a better person. It seemed in retirement, Kobe was in a good space. He was around his daughter, Gianna. And they, you know, she was a big-time basketball player. And she was going to be Mamba Sita. And it's, it's just just unfortunate. It's just sad, man. It's just, there's no other... I'm running out of synonyms. I don't have any to describe what happened, what transpired other than sad. That's the only synonym I got. Sad. It's the only word I got. Sad. And, you know, I, I, I just, just going back to this complicated legacy thing. No matter, you know, we don't know what transpired on that night, on that day. We have her account. We have his account. You know, there's a level of physical evidence here, physical evidence there. But at the end of the day, Kobe denies it. She says it ha- it happened. It all comes down to who you believe. It's a see, uh, she said, he said, situation. So to me, I don't know. I wasn't there. So I I guess I don't know what happened. But I've heard people talk about this a little. And and my thing at this point, Kobe is not here to defend himself. So the reality of it is you you can say what you want about the situation you can describe it any way you want. You can say how you feel about Kobe and whether or not you felt he did it or didn't do it. But it's not fair because Kobe is not here to defend himself. He gave his position. She gave her position. And at the end of the day, it comes down to who you believe. I don't know if he did it. I don't know if he didn't do it. I don't know. All I can say is I hope not. That's all I can say. But Kobe, like I said, uh, a guy, you know, I don't, I didn't know Kobe Bryant, but I grew up around the area where Kobe grew up. 
Crowley grew up in Lower Marion. I grew up in Ambler, not far from Lower Marion. And Kobe was a stud, a superstar in high school. In fact, true story, broadcast one of Kobe's games. I think he was a freshman then. But here's the funny part. We had the wrong rosters for that particular game. So we didn't know that that was Kobe Bryant until afterwards. We messed up. So we didn't know if that, we didn't know that was Kobe Bryant. We didn't know. We messed up. I don't even know if that videotape still exists or is around. But Kobe, he was a superstar in high school. And, you know, back then, his senior year in high school, he took Brandy to the prom. That was huge. That was big news. Then he had that press conference, sunglasses on his head, where he announced that he was taking his talents to the NBA, that he was going to the NBA. And you look at Kobe Bryant, he was always before his time on some level. I mean, you know, guys, it was happening, but guys really weren't going straight from high school to the NBA. Kobe went to the NBA before his time. Kobe got married at age of 22. His wife was 18. Kobe before his time. The guy was just before his time, and he grew up right in front of us. Yes, he had some struggles with his marriage early on. But how many 22-year-old guys do you know that are millionaires that wouldn't have struggles in marriage early on? I mean, there's individuals 30, 40 years old, struggling, 50 years old, struggling with marriage. So Kobe is, is, is no different than any other man. In fact, what he had to endure as a 22-year-old being a famous NBA star and having all these things coming at you, we know what it is, having all those things coming at you and being able to effectively navigate all those things, becoming a million, I mean, he was wealthy, his parents were wealthy, and he grew up in a, a, you know, a privileged life. But he had even more money once he crossed over into the NBA. So the the reality is, you know, he had his hiccups. He had his mess-ups. He had his setbacks. But so did a lot of people. But here's the reality of his mess-ups, his mishaps, and his setbacks. He made a comeback. And We all thought all those years, you know, that was Shaq's team. And and they were. Those were Shaq's teams. Those three titles, you can argue pretty much those were Shaq's teams. So he won three with Shaq. That situation dissolved. That situation broke up. Him and Shaq couldn't coexist on some level. And ultimately, they broke down. Shaq was traded to Miami. Kobe stayed in Los Angeles. At one point, Kobe wanted, you know, he he wanted a trade. 
He demanded a trade, but ultimately they worked those things out. A few years later, Kobe gets that first championship without Shaq. And then he gets another one without Shaq. And to me, those two things validated Kobe Bryant. Winning those two championships without Shaq validated Kobe Bryant in my book. And I think Kobe Bryant felt validated after winning those titles. That's something he wanted to prove, that he can do it without Shaq. He did it. And he did it big. We can talk about the 81-point game. I, I don't think anybody thought anyone could get close to Wilt 100 points. Kobe got close with 81. He got close. A special player. Seemingly a, 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 a very good father. Involved father. And a guy who used helicopters to maximize time home, to maximize time in general, in general. Because the reality of it is, I think most of us, if given the opportunity, and, and you know, based on some of the things I'm hearing and read, helicopter travel is a fairly safe tra- way of travel. And the reality of it is, Kobe's been doing this for years. So, most of us don't have the money, the capital, or anything to do that. I think if some of us did, we probably would be helicoptering here, there, and everywhere. It's a sad day. It was a sad, it's a sad, it's a sad situation. Sunday was a sad day. It was a wild day. It was surreal. Never would I, ma- I could have imagined that Kobe Bryant would be dead at 41 years old. Never in my wildest dreams. It, 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 it's stunning. It, it's just stunning. A guy with that level of greatness. I mean, it, it just came out of nowhere. But I think it puts life in perspective. It puts life into perspective. The reality of life is that we all, at some point in time, will have to die. We all are going to die. That's just the reality of the situation. We're all going to perish. So you never know what that, when that's going to happen, how that's going to happen, where that's going to happen. You don't know. So the reality of it is, is if you got beef, feud, uh, some kind of issue with someone that is close to you, fix it. Fix it. Because you never know. When that person, or when you're going to go, you never know when you'll have that opportunity, that chance to say goodbye. And it, it was unfortunate that Kobe and his parents 
You know, they were on the outs at periods of time. They were saying that the two, you know, Kobe and his parents were mending fences. Hopefully they, they got pretty far in terms of mending the relationship. I don't know. I'm hoping. Because that's a tough thing for, for you know, his parents to live with. But never assume that you have tomorrow. Because the reality of tomorrow is tomorrow very well might be too late. Just might be too late. You might not have that chance to say I'm sorry. So if you have the chance, you have the opportunity, fix it. Mend it. Make it right. And I think for me, that's the thing I pull from this. That the reality of life, and sometimes, sadly, it takes events like this to remind us that tomorrow, while we think it's going to be, is never promised to any of us. None of us. We hope, we believe, there's a good chance that it will happen, but you never know. You never know what's around the corner sometimes. And unfortunately, who would ever imagine this? But again, it takes events like this. And, and you know, there's always things from even the worst things in life that we can learn from. There's always things that we can learn and take from situations. And it's obviously not something you want to take away from. You, you don't want a negative situation to happen where you have to take something away. You don't want that. But it takes situations like this to make us understand and realize that as much as we believe tomorrow will happen, there is no guarantee. All-Star Game is going to be, NBA All-Star Game in, in the next few weeks, they're going to be doing some various things to celebrate Kobe. Uh, I believe Team LeBron is going to wear 24. Team Giannis is going to wear two. 24, obviously, is for Kobe. Two is for his daughter, Gianna. So that's a nice touch by the NBA. And so the LeBron got a tattoo. Anthony Davis got a tattoo. So, you know, these guys are, are, were devastated, were, were, were hurt, understandably, understandably devastated, and understandably hurt by what transpired. I don't know Kobe. Those guys did. And sadly, sadly, it's just sad. I mean, you saw Shaq, um, you know, on on that sh- uh, inside the NBA or TNT that has a special uh, for Kobe. You saw Shaq just breaking down. I mean, it, it it was just that was a sad situation. Shaq is hurt, and you saw his hurt, and it, it was it was very clear. You know, then, you know, within the midst of all that, you had the situation with Rick Fox and, 
and, and, and people, you know, speculating or rumors were that Rick Fox was on the plane. I mean, it, it, it just, it was a wild day. Fortunately, Rick Fox was not on the plane, and he's still with us. But it, it, it was wild. And, and, I mean, there was rumors spreading like wildfires. There was reports that all his kids were on the helicopter. You know, it, it was just all these different reports out there. You didn't necessarily know what to believe, but it was just wild. It was just a wild day. A wild day. And, and again, hopefully people can take something positive out of this situation. And, and obviously the prayers are with Kobe's wife, his three remaining children. The sad part is he has a, what, seven-month-old seven daughter? who will never know who he is. That That's just, you know, and I say that because there was a period in my life when, you know, my daughter was younger, and I always wondered, man, and I always talked about, if I die today, like my daughter was like two, and it came to my head, if I die today, my daughter wouldn't even know who I was. That's horrible. That's sad. That to me is just that's just painful, and when I when I thought about it, obviously I, I wanted to perish that thought, but it's like wow, if I die, and my daughter's only two years old, she won't know have, she won't have any idea who I was. That's sad. So, the reality of it is, it's a sad day. It's a sad week. It's a sad moment. But the and there's really nothing else to say about it. Prayers out to Kobe's family, mom, dad, sisters, wife, and kids, remaining three children. Prayers out to all of them that they might find peace during this 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 time. And I, you know, this is I lost both of my parents and. You never get over it. You you it, it it gets better over time. It gets a lot better, but you never, ever, ever forget about it. And there's moments and times where you just start thinking about them and you just break down crying. You you have those moments and those times, and I can only imagine what's going to happen. I don't, I mean, I, it, what his wife is going to go through for these next few months and forever, it's just unimaginable. It is not even something, I, I, I don't even want to think about it. I, I can't even think about it. I, I can't even think about it. I, I just can't. And, and I won't, but I just know when it comes to death, it's something that you never, ever, ever, ever get over. You, you, you never get over it. And I, I never have gotten over the death of my parents, but at the end of the day, as time passed on, it, it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. But you never truly, fully get over it. That's that. And again... I have to reiterate it because 
it's just that important. Prayers out to the family of Kobe Bryant. And we'll leave it right there. Super Bowl 54. And I, you know, this has taken, you know, Super Bowl week, a lot of hype. You know, everybody gearing up for the big game. But to me, this has taken the this is taking the shine off of it because this is the this is obviously the biggest story in sports. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the most watched sporting event out there. But this it's just un, it's crazy. But it just it it it's overshadowed the Super Bowl on some level. But it's still a big game, and I, I look at Super Bowl Fifty Four out there in beautiful sunny Miami. Two teams that obviously have done it or who have gotten to these gotten to this point but have gotten here in different ways. You know, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they rolled the arms of that big time offense and Patrick Mahomes and all that speed to get to this point. While San Francisco, on the other hand, a big time defense a big-time running game, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo making plays here, making plays there. I mean, you look at Garoppolo, only quarterback to rank in the top five in completion percentage, yards per attempt, passing touchdowns. I mean, so that's that's huge. And, and Jimmy G had a big-time year for the San Francisco 49, 27 touchdowns. Those 13 interceptions are a little high, but those 27 touchdowns were big. And when he had moments and times to make plays, he made plays. We're going to talk a little bit deeper about Super Bowl 54 with a guy who's down there in beautiful, sunny Miami, Hall of Famer, Willie Rowe. Willie. What's going on, Paul? How you doing? Good man, on my way to the uh, Chiefs dinner right now. We got a Chiefs dinner. The Chiefs have got everybody going to Prime One Twelve, so I'm looking forward to, to going and having a nice day. So a lot of, you know, you're in beautiful Miami. Have you seen a lot of your teammates this week? Uh, Former teammates. Okay. I'm in the car. I'm, I'm in the car with Eddie Kennison right now, my teammate, real good friend. We played in New Orleans at Kansas together. Also, I okay. just saw Leroy Glover. And uh, Tony Dorsett. So I've seen a lot of Hall of Fame guys. We had the lunch today, but uh, yeah, I'm in the car with Eddie right now. So let me let me ask you this. You know, before we get into the Super Bowl, I, I got to get your thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant. So sad. Just it's just unimaginable. I, I mean, it's sad is the only thing I I can the only word I can come up with, and, and just talking about this situation. Your thoughts on it. Unbelievable. I, I just don't understand why they were driving that fast. The situation, the way it happened, Paul, uh, there was a lot of negligence there. They took off out of Orange County, and by the time they got to L.A., the L.A. police uh, helicopters were grounded. So when they circled the zoo for 15 minutes, I mean, the weather was bad. So why would you continue to go up up, up that way? I really don't understand what they were doing. And also, I think he was renting the helicopter, and they didn't have the uh, proper devices in there to uh, let you know what the terrain and what height you were at. 
and that doesn't make any sense for Kobe Bryant, uh, somebody worth as much as he is to be in there with his kids and, and people. I mean, I think it should be technologically sound before he got up in there. But I think it was the company they rented was. I thought he owned the helicopter, but uh, this obviously this guy had been flying on the Kawhi and other people around. I just don't understand why they, they, he was just being called on a roll or the snow or ice storm. You know, you got to slow down. So I just don't understand the speed and, and the impact why you were going that fast. It's yeah, it's just it's a sad situation, man. It, it really is just sad to that he's no longer with us. He's just a sad situation. So how, how do you remember Kobe Bryant? How I miss him? How do you how will you remember him in I terms of what he's done in his career? Uh, I, I I grew up idolizing Jordan. This generation now grew up idolizing Kobe, and a lot of people argue with me were saying Kobe was the best or the best, you know, since Jordan. And for him to be able to come in the league at his younger age, and for the stories, the stories I hear about him with Jerry West talking about him and how competitive he was, and him talk about how he was going to be, how how he was going to be, and for him to develop himself and to become that great a player. It, it just speaks to how he was able to then to play 20 years and at the level he played at. It's, it was incredible, man, to watch his progression. And then even after Shaq left to get those rings, I mean, he was just the ultimate competitor. And then to see the maturity of everything he went through with the court situation and everything, and then to come back far and be able to, uh, to become a family man and all about his kids, See, that's why it's so upsetting. Everybody saw the maturation of Kobe from a kid to getting married, going through the situation with his family because they didn't want to get married without a prenup, and then going through that and then being a family man and a businessman and transferring. So, you know, he was there 20 years. Everybody saw everything. So that's what's so sad about it. But I think he was uh, getting ready to do some special things in his life, even in the future. And And I said that before you came on. We grew up with Kobe, and Kobe, he was one of those guys that did a lot of things before his time. I mean, at the time where he came from high school to NBA, it wasn't being done as much. He did that. Got married young. He did that. Did all these things before his time, man, and the reality of it is, you know, he's 40, he was 41 years old, and like you said, it seems he was in a good place, and he was, he was you know, he's making a lot of money business-wise heavily involved seemingly with his kids, especially with his daughter Gianna in terms of basketball, things of that nature. So the guy was transforming himself into, you know, a man. And we saw that transformation from a teenager to a man. And he's a, he, he became a man right in front of our eyes. And so it, it's just, it's just sad to see, man. But Kobe, like you said, it seemed like he was in the process he did great things on the basketball court. Seemed like he was in the process of doing some great things in the business world. I mean, the man won an Oscar, so doing some big things in Hollywood. So it, it just seemed like he was on his way to doing. He did some big things in the NBA, but it seemed like he was going to do some bigger things in life. Sadly, we won't. He won't have that opportunity. Let's 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 transition to the Super Bowl now. Super Bowl. 54 out there in beautiful sunny Miami. 
Have you gotten the opportunity to get around any other players this week? Uh, the current players, no. We were staying right across the street from the San Francisco Hotel at the High Registry. I was hanging out with uh, the running back, uh, number 30, his dad last night, and uh, we were talking till late in the morning. But uh, I know they were there right across the street, but we moved to another place. But, uh, no, we haven't gotten around any of the current players. So let me, let me ask you this. Going into Super Bowl 54, you know, last week you said 60-40 that the Chiefs were going to win this football game. Have you gotten off of that number? Has that number expanded in any which way? No, I'm still 60-40. I'm still 60-40 okay. leaning for the Chiefs. Okay. So, I, I mean, just looking at this football game, to you, what must happen, in your opinion, for the San Francisco 49ers to win this game? What What do you think they need to do? For the San Francisco for never won this game, they're going to have to get after my front. Those front four are going to have to go wreck havoc and try to contain Patrick Mahomes. And that's going to be a t- big task to do for four quarters. But they're going to have to contain Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to have to slow down the running game, which, and, which the Chiefs need to establish. But they're going to have to get out there and contain Patrick Mahomes and, and stop the Chiefs from spreading them out and stop them from getting five out or getting the running back out and all those things out. And – yeah, and they're definitely going to have to be able to do that. And I also think in terms of running that football, like obviously, you know, they got 285 yards against the Green Bay Packers, which anytime you get that type of yardage in a football game running the ball, you're going to win probably nine and a half times out of ten. I don't think they can get 285 yards against the Chiefs. I don't necessarily see that happening in this particular football game. I would be shocked, actually if that were to happen. So, looking at this Kansas City defense, and this is a defense that's played fairly well in these playoffs. You know, they shut down Derrick Henry, did a great job against Derrick Henry, you know, and and have done what they needed to do in these playoffs to this point. I always said that this Chiefs defense, all they need to do and all they need to be is competent. And I think they've been more than competent in these playoffs, do you see them playing well Sunday against the 49ers? I see them playing well, and I see – I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game, and I think it's going to come down to who makes the plays in the second half to get it done. It's going to be It's going to be hard to slow down the 49ers. They've been real good. they got some a great coordinator in, in Shanahan. I did see his daddy getting the go, getting on the elevator the other night. All the personnel are staying at the hotel, so I did see uh, Mike Shanahan getting on the elevator. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game to slow them down. But they they they're high powered and they got an outstanding offense too. So how many teams have slowed them down? I don't know. But it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a chess match and uh and uh somebody's gonna have to make some plays, somebody's gonna have to make some turnovers, somebody's gonna have to make some big plays to win this game. And that's gonna be uh the key to it. Who can make the plays going down the stretch, who can or if the Chiefs can get on the lead and then and, 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 and get after who. And and it's gonna be interesting to see uh uh the the mind game and the chess match between those coordinators. So let me ask you this. we look at Kyle Shanahan, you know, his his first Super Bowl as a head coach. Last time he was in the Super Bowl, he was the offense coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons when they were up 28-3. And he had some questionable play calling down the stretch there that allowed the the New uh, New England Patriots and Tom Brady 
to win that particular Super Bowl. And then also, you have Andy Reid. And, and Andy Reid is a guy who's been to this spot before with Philadelphia many years ago. He also felt disappointment as his Eagles would lose on that particular day. Do you think Shanahan's setbacks and Andy Reid's setbacks will play any role in this game in terms of the motivation to win? It's, it's, it's more, Andy Reid needs to win this game for his legacy and everything. He really needs to win this game. He needs to get it done uh, uh, because because he uh, – because because of the situation, he had one one, and he's got the most wins in one of them in NFL history. So I think it's more urgent for Andy Reid to get it done than it is for for Shanahan to get it done. I would agree with that. I, I would most definitely agree with that because you know Kyle Shanahan's young. Andy Reid has had a lot of playoff disappointment, whether it's those NFC Championship games and that championship game last year, or whether it's the Super Bowl. Uh, against Tom Brady where he lost. He's had a lot of disappointment over the years, and he's 61 years old. He's not getting any younger. So in terms of his coaching life, you know, he only has so many years left. So I think the pressure is on Andy Reid on some level. His legacy, to your point, I mean, he's got close. He's, he's, He's almost tasted it, but the reality of it is he has to break through and I, I think he does this time around. I, I think he does break through because I think he has to break through. But we shall see. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Let me ask you this. I asked you what you felt the 49ers needed to do to win this game. What do the Chiefs need to do to win this game? Chiefs need to run the football, uh, spread them out, get Kelsey involved early. Kelsey, Kelsey, both tight ends are going to be key in this game. Kittles and Kelsey. Kelsey needs to get involved. The Chiefs need to spread them out and get the ball all over the field. Well, Sammy Watkins needs to step up. And again, the Chiefs have to stop the run. Everything is set up with the Broncos by the run. Can the Chiefs slow them down and get them off the field? If I'm the Broncos, I want to control the clock and keep him off the field. That's going to be the key. Can the Chiefs establish a run and get some consistent drives and get in the rhythm and get going? On another side, they, whoever gets, whoever controls the clock and gets controls the time of time possession is going to be key in this game. And I think if the Chiefs can control the time of possession and control the game more and take over at some point, then they win the football game. Right, you're right. I mean, that that's that's the reality. They they got to stop that run game. To me, that's going to be huge. You can't let that 49ers run game get off. We just cannot let that happen. And so, yes, they got to stop the run, and they cannot let that run game get off. End of the day. End of the day. I know you were 60-40. At the end of the day, you expect the Chiefs to get it done. I expect the Chiefs to get it done. I expect the Chiefs to get it done either either tight or I expect the Chiefs to get it done because they're going to go up on them and get the score and get it, get it up on them either early or later in the game. They take over. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. I, I think it's going to be like the Titans game on some level. It's going to be close for a period of time, but I think the Chiefs are going to just assert their muscle. I just think that offense, and I know history has shown us that a great defense usually beats a great offense. 
I don't look at that 49, 49ers defense as great. They're good. They're very good. Obviously, they're ranked very high. But I don't see that defense as being a great defense. I see this Kansas City offense as being great. That speed that they have on, on the outside, I mean, it's just to have a lot of speed. They have speed everywhere. They have speed to all over the place. So I think the reality of it is with that speed all over the place and that speed everywhere, that offense, just like it overwhelmed the Texans, just like it overwhelmed the Titans, will eventually overwhelm the 49ers. I agree with you. I like the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. I, I, I want to ask you this before we get out of here. Um, sadly, Chris Dolman also passed away this week. Mm. He was a Hall of Famer, battled cancer for years. I, I saw him last year at the Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, he was in a wheelchair. Felt bad for the man. He really did. Uh, but he passed away this week. Your thoughts on, on the life of Chris Dolman? Great player. I played against him a lot. Gave me a lot of fits playing him. Uh, in my Hall of Fame class, uh, Paul, since 2012, three of my classmates are gone. Him, Chris Doman, uh, Cortez Kennedy, and uh, Jack Butler. And you never know. So, you know, another another great football player, great athlete that's gone. And we'll, be, we'll miss him and honor him. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, that's why I talked to some of these guys I saw them, and I won't say their names, but I'm like, man, you better come back to show your face at the Hall of Fame, get to know these people. You can't hold these grudges and be mad about stuff. You got to let it go. And, uh, you know, like I said, when the stuff happened with Kobe, and then, like I said, with Dolman, you you know, you, you tell the people you love them and you hold your family a little tighter and let everybody know what they mean to you. And I think, you know, especially Kobe, that situation has brought a lot of people together. You know, a lot of people want to do good things, and it doesn't matter your race. You know, Kobe is affected worldwide. And another one, like you said, Doman, uh, you know, he's been battling this for two years, and then I went and saw him right after the surgery. So, you know, obviously we were a little closer because he was my Hall of Fame class. So, you know, I'm going to miss him a lot. It's just sad. And, and I said, you know, before you came on, I also said, at the end of the day, if you got a beef with someone, you got a feud with someone, you got a problem with someone that is close to you, find a way to fix it. Because unfortunately, sadly, we never know what's around the corner. We never know what tomorrow's going to bring. We all assume we're going to get up tomorrow. We all assume that. We all assume we're going to get up tomorrow. We're going to finish the day. We're going to keep doing it over and over and over. But we're all going to go. It's just a matter we're of waiting. We're all mortal. How. We're not, we're not meant to be here forever. For sure. For sure. And, and and that's just the reality of the situation. But let me ask you this. You know, you, you talk about, you know, three guys in your Hall of Fame class that have died. Do you think about – does that make you think about your mortality at all? You know, I live one day at a time, Paul, and I try to take care of myself and I get my labs and my work, blood work done. I mean, I can't worry about it. You know, I don't worry about it. But, you know, I just, you know, I try to do things right and treat people like you want to be treated. But I know we all have to go here and we're not going to be here forever. And, uh, you know, I, I don't worry about it. I just try to take care of myself and, uh, and do the best I can. And I'll, I'll be 50 this year, so... You know, when you get some crazy cancer or something like that to happen at Dolman, 
you know, you, you have two years. That glioblastoma, when you have that surgery, is two to five years. And he lived about two years. So you never know what's going to happen as far as that's concerned. So, you know, you get to, you can get everything checked out, Paul, but this cancer and this different stuff, this diabetes, and I make sure I try to keep my A1C number and all out of control and check that. But some things are out of our control, Paul, that happen to your life and you never know. Just like that race car driver that just drove Andretti and he had colon cancer. So, you know, you never, and he was 56 years old, you never know. Right. You, you, you don't know. You, you, like, you just don't know. Tomorrow's never promised to any of us. So just live live your best life, live life to the fullest, and treat people the way you want to be treated. And exactly. we're all going to fall short, but make mm-hmm. sure you apologize along the way for those you may have done wrong. So, and that's just the reality of the situation. That's just the reality of life. So will you be at the game? I will not be at the game, Paul. I'll be uh, uh, someone watching it. I talked to Willie Lanier, and I should have asked the Chiefs for tickets. I didn't. Uh, Curly, I will not be at the game, but I will be someone watching, uh, tuned in, uh, but I will not be there. Well, let, let me ask you this. If the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl, would you find your way to the parade in Kansas City? That may happen. Uh, well, you know, I, I can't answer that. I, I'll let you know if that could happen. Right now, I don't know if I, can, I would, but uh, that that is a possibility. All right. All right. Sounds good, man. Enjoy your time in beautiful, sunny Miami. Thank you for your time. Have fun. Be safe. And just live your life. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care of yourself. Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe out there in beautiful, sunny Miami, soaking up the sun, getting some rays, and preparing for Super Bowl 51. I mean, here's the reality of Super Bowl 51 to me. 54, excuse me. Super Bowl 51 was uh, 28-3 Super Bowl, where the Patriots came back and won. But here's the reality of Super Bowl 54. You have the San Francisco 49ers, a team that can, can can run the ball with Mostert, a team that ran the ball to a tune of 285 yards against the Green Bay Packers in the uh, NFC Championship game, a team that's ran the ball big time this year. You know, they, they, they've done huge things on the ground. It's one of the reasons that they're here. That, it's, it's, that's one of the reasons. I mean, they're doing it kind of in an old-fashioned way. They're running the football, and they're getting big-time defense. When you run the football, when you get big-time defense, you're going to be in a lot of football games, and you're going to have a lot of chances and opportunities to win football games. And the San Francisco 49ers, they do just that. They run the ball effectively, and they play big-time defense. That is big time. And that can't be understated. This is a football team this year. Number two in rush yards per game. I mean, it's a team that on average gets 144 yards per contest. 
This is a team, and we, we, we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, but offensively, this team is putting up 29, darn near 30 points a game, 29.9 points per game, 30 points per game. So they're putting up points too. Defensively, they're number one against the pass, number two overall. But in terms of running the ball, you can have a level of success running the football against this team. 17th against the run. Something to think about. This game, to me, as I told Willie, Willie Rowe, is going to be similar and to what we saw against the Titans. It's going to be similar to what we saw against uh, the Texans, where they're just going to find a way to overwhelm teams. They're going to find a way to overwhelm teams. And, and, and they overwhelmed the Texans. They overwhelmed the Titans offensively. When Mahomes and that offense gets going and all that speed, because that speed is just woo, amazing. It, it's just breathtaking. It, it's just beautiful to watch. And Andy Reid, for, for, you know, we can criticize Andy Reid. All we want. And a lot of people have criticized. It's a great coach here. He's a great coach. And he may not have gotten that ring yet. And that's a big yet because I believe he's getting it on Sunday. But he may have not gotten that ring. But my goodness, he has put this team in position to do amazing and mighty and wonderful things. Andy Reid, his ability, he knows quarterbacks. He selected Donovan McNabb. He selected Nick Foles. He selected Patrick Mahomes. And if Mahomes does what many expect that he will do on Sunday, Andy Reid will have drafted two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and a third that's been to the Super Bowl once and been to the NFC title game five times and Donovan McNabb. So that's a guy who knows quarterbacks. Yeah, he might have struck out with Kevin Cobb, but Andy Reid knows quarterbacks. And arguably, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's still early in his career, but he's trending towards Hall of Fame. And Donovan McNabb, to some, may have had a Hall of Fame career. So he, at some point, some time, will probably, or may, I won't say probably, may have a shot at the Hall of Fame. So, this Super Bowl, I think, Obviously, the 49ers, they have a legitimate shot to win this football game. Because the San Francisco 49ers, like I said before, play defense and run the football. 
And Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo has made a lot of plays this year. And it's funny, coming off this ACL and then watching Garoppolo during the preseason, he was a guy that, you know, he, we didn't weren't sure what he was going to be, what he was going to do coming off this injury. But Jimmy G impressed throughout this season. He impressed throughout this season. He impressed throughout this season. He put up big-time numbers at times during this season. And he's won some big-time football games. I mean, you look at what he did when he went and uh, went into New Orleans and beat the Saints in that contest. And that was that was a big game. And that was a game that, you know, was one of the games that helped the 49ers win the well not only win the NFC West which they did but it also helped them get home field advantage throughout if they don't get that Saints game they don't get home field advantage throughout and then you know the regular season finale they go into Seattle with the division on the line home field advantage throughout the playoffs on the line for them and Jimmy G found ways to make plays so the 49ers can get that home field advantage throughout the NFC. And so the 49ers have this chance, this opportunity to win a Super Bowl. We look at the Chiefs and how things bounce right for them. I don't think anybody thought Ryan Fitzpatrick fits magic. And the Miami Dolphins would go into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. That game right there gave the Kansas City Chiefs the bye because Kansas City was going to have to go, you know, they would have to go play the wild card game and it would have to go on the road to get to the Super Bowl. But they were able to get the bye, and basically, the way things turned out, they had the playoffs go right through Arrowhead. And ultimately, they were able to get to the Super Bowl. Things shook out right for them. I just look at this Kansas City Chiefs team, and, you know, we can talk about the numbers, but for me, I'm a guy that that's big on destiny. I'm a guy that believes that sometimes in life, it is just that individual, that team's time. To me, it is the Kansas City Chiefs' time. To me, it is Andy Reid's time. I look at this Kansas City Chiefs football football team last year, and I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought that that football team 
was the best football team in the NFL last year. And Well, I'll put it to you this way. I thought they were better than the New England Patriots. I thought they had enough to at least get to the Super Bowl. And I thought, ultimately, if they would have got to the Super Bowl, I know the Rams beat them during the regular season in that 54-51 shootout during that season. But I thought if Kansas City was to get to the Super Bowl, that they would have won the Super Bowl. I really do. And so, this team now has a defense that is competent. That's all they needed, in my opinion, was a defense that was competent. Competent enough. Good enough. Not great. Not not the 85 Bears. Not the 2000 Ravens. And not even the 2019 San Francisco 49ers defense. It's none of that when you look at this Kansas City Chiefs defense. But they didn't need they don't need to be that. They don't need to be that. They just need to be good enough. And this football team defensively is good enough. This football team offensively off the charts. More than enough. All that and then some. Based on what we've seen this week, you know, some of the sad news that we've heard, Chris Dolman, Kobe Bryant, this football game is going to be much needed for a lot of people. It's going to be a diversion from some of the some of the things going on in life. So I'm looking forward to this diversion for those who need it. And there's a lot of people who need it. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to this football game. And I'm looking forward to seeing Andy Reid walk off in the sunset and get that elusive Super Bowl. He'll get it. This Chiefs team is, is, is good enough for that to happen. They're good enough for that to happen. And I think ultimately, when it's all said and done, Kansas City Game. And they will win this game. I'm saying 38 to 24. It's going to be close for throughout, but I see Kansas City and that offense overwhelming that vaunted 49ers defense. And I see this Kansas City Chiefs team winning this football game. 38 to 24. We. I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows at Blog Talk Radio. Where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at Go4Again. Like us on Facebook at Go4Radio. Hit us up on go at Go4Radio.com and support all the great things going on with Go4. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy. Super Bowl 54. Enjoy Andy Reid finally getting that Gatorade bath in the Super Bowl because I think he gets it done. I think the Chiefs get it done. And I think 
they win Super Bowl. See you later.